Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yeah, the rest of the AFC may seem like they're actually playing chess in virtual reality or the metaverse, and the Patriots at times with this offense are playing checkers. But it's like one of those little tiny magnetic ones you bring on a road trip and the kids try to play in the backseat and then the pieces end up all over the floor. Like, it's not that impressive. However, when you say that they lack playmakers in general, I still think Ramondre Stevenson has more than he's shown us over these two games. We're almost diminishing now after paying tribute to or at least propping up Nelson Aguilar for making a great play last Sunday. The fact that he can be a playmaker at times. And while I'm not going to compare the Patriots receiving core or tight end room to any of the best ones in the AFC, let alone what Miami was able to pull off on Sunday. Yeah. Fact is, I had the exact same uh, I had the exact same biggest weakness. I wrote it right here on the old six rings notepad falling behind by two touchdowns or more. Last Sunday, we saw everybody, including the Atlanta Falcons, who, side note, were down 28-3 to and almost came back. They were a mistimed 40-yard touchdown pass away that Ramsey mossed over a receiver from coming back themselves. You had Oakland up, excuse me, their eight is Vegas. They are up 20 points. They end up losing that game. Uh, it was, what, 35-7 to or 35-14 at one point between Baltimore and Miami? 35-14. And Mi- Miami storms back. With Tua, side note for any of the listeners, go search out on Twitter the video where a guy took basically did the mirror image flip and had Tua look like a right-hand passer, and all of a sudden he looks confident, poised, and rocket-armed. I don't know what it is about his weird left-arm action. It doesn't look the same, but that was a really fun watch. And then, of course, you've got Buffalo throwing an easy 40 spot up on a Monday night. Yeah, Andy, they're not going to be able to do that. So the Patriots are going to be, until they show us otherwise, a front-running old-school team that's going to play grind-it-out football. And that's just the bottom line. Like, to ask them to be something that they're not, while it's fun to experiment or step out of your comfort zone at, at times, it's not going to be It's not going to be what you're going to see this year. Not until they get more explosive players and not until they add a tight end who doesn't run uh, either with plotting abandon like Hunter Henry does at times or just get in the way of success like John Smith. Oh, that poor guy. It's just never going to work. What if, what should we do? What really should we do with John Smith at this point? Um, Exile. 
throw him in Boston <laughs> Harbor like he's afraid of tea. Afraid uh, <laughs> oh, of poor tea. man. It's send just, him down it's, the Cape. Have him enjoy some treehouse brewing down the Cape, and just not, let him live his life. Oh, it's not gonna happen. It's just we just keep trying to make it happen. It's just not gonna happen. Abel it's was I, or I saw Elba. It's funny because Nick Cayley held a conference call this week as the rotational offensive voice in their assistant calls, and uh, he talked about how hard. John o. Smith works and how great he is to work with and everything he does behind the scenes. And I believe it. Like, I don't think he's just trying to fluff him up because he knows the guy's not having a lot of success. But the reality is like, those are the comments you expect to get out of, I don't know, former practice squad defensive end turned fullback like James Devlin, right? Like these stories that are arcing upward from nowhere, not your $12.5 million a year highest paid tight end when, oh yeah, he works really hard behind the scenes. Guess what? No one cares. No one cares how hard he works behind the scenes. He makes $12 million to work hard in front of the scenes, right? As the scene. And it's, I'm with you guys. It's never going to work. And sadly, he is supposed to be. And I would say another one is Tyquan Thornton. And I know, Fitzy, you're really down on the pick and you make fun of his body and all that. But the reality is he had a good summer. He runs a 4-2. Mm-hmm. He might have been a guy that could have flashed for you over the first couple games, right? He One play here, one play there. And we're not going to see him for, you know, another month plus. Well, we'll see. So we're heading into week three right now. Being on IR means he has to miss at least the first four games. Do we have any sort of update as to his healing process? Because it was uh, always about six to eight weeks, depending on players' ability to heal once he took the ding. Yeah, I'd be stunned if we see him before late October. I mean, we're still a month away. It was yeah, you know, eight week. Maybe the uh, Bears game that Monday night could be a target, something like that. And that would be about two and a half months. Not to play your side of the street, but you know, a guy from a fractured bone coming back who you think may be frail or, or limited in, yes yeah in his ability to take hits i think you're going to err on the side of caution i mean hell a guy that we all think was as tough as as steel learned that lesson in rob gronkowski when he came back too quickly from the the broken, broken forearm arm. so i, I, I would up. think with this player this body type this injury they will err on the side of of caution more than anything else but it's unfortunate because He's a potential. I'm not putting it on him like, oh, he needs to come in and be an all pro receiver. But Tyquan Thornton's a guy that could be a potential playmaker, individual plays in for this team. And you're going to have to wait a while to see him. Well, hopefully when he comes back, he's healthy enough that they don't rush him back. It's not a compromised or a managed workload that he has to take on. We'll see. But yeah, I, I, I would put the since I'm always one to love uh, an over under or a marker side note, if anyone had bet the over under on number of snaps uh, Kendrick Bourne got last Sunday. If you're like your boy, you would have been over. Good job. 22 plays when I said 16 and a half still. I don't think you could actually bet it. I'm you you made the number. If I, if 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 you have an app where I can put bets in with you, do you believe it or not? I was approached by an offshore gambling account and their pitch to me in trying to do an influencer deal was we'll give you the latitude to create a prop or two every week if you want to. And then you can share it with followers and your audience. I absolutely would have done that last week, and I would have cashed in. Wouldn't that have just been glorious? I feel good like that would have done well done. I know. At some point. Well, I didn't, <laughs> son of a bitch, but it was still a pretty good call. That said, I'm calling the Bears game for uh, the legend of Tall Reek, as some call him, uh, Taekwon Thornton. Uh, okay, so back for the oh, I can't wait to play the Bears. That'd be one game. That's one game that I'm going to pick the Patriots to win by like 20. 
Bears are super on yeah, good. They're, they're bad, good, but yeah. they don't have enough of those on their schedule because, you know, the, hey, I'm, part of the I, you know, hey, I'm trying to inject some positivity. No, actually, here's the thing. I don't want a bunch of Bears games because that's just going to lull people into a false sense of security or make people think the Patriots can do more than they're capable of. I'm here for you the learning like last curve. season. I'm here for the oh, growth. They're trending down the exact same track as last. Well, season. maybe they can actually take a few more bids. A little Leo, little Doctor Leo Marvin here. Maybe some baby steps toward progress so, as some of the new tent tent pole pieces grow. So I, I we were kind of similar in both our our pros and con takeaways. So I wanted to just um, circle back around a little bit on that and and maybe talk about other areas that you considered. I considered. We all considered mm-hmm. for those categories because I don't think we mentioned and it deserves mentioning the defense. And I think the defense has been pretty good through the first couple of weeks. The defensive front, I think has been flat out good. I think Judon and wise Barmore showed up this week. I think the defensive front led by those guys has been good. And the back end has been good enough has tackled. Now they're going to get tested more. There's no doubt about that. The tests are coming, but you know, I'm also a believer. You can only kind of face the challenge that's put ahead of you. Yep. And this is this, this is the question I brought up like this first week of training camp. Like maybe this defense, even though they lost J.C. Jackson, their best player and the number one cornerback to build around, maybe they can still be good enough, good enough to be competitive. Because I do, Shine, feel like they're going down the last year road and the defense was a big part of that. Like the defense was yeah. good enough against mediocre opponents and then when it faced real offenses, it couldn't measure up. Yeah, uh, it's I the think, boogeyman 2.0, dude. I think this defense is pretty good. Like I think, like if you were to just take this defense as a group away from the Patriots and put it with an offense like Baltimore or like Kansas City or like the Chargers, like I think that's a winning team. I think this can be a winning defense. But as you said, I think they will be tested, especially over the next couple weeks, right? You get Lamar Jackson coming into your building next week. The week after, you go to Lambeau and you face Green Bay, who is basically a two-headed running back machine um, with very young receivers. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how you play against those teams. And you're going to get Buffalo twice this year. I want the Green Bay challenge, though. I'm glad you highlighted that, Shime, because I think – I really do. I think they'll play better than some people expect against the Ravens this coming Sunday. We'll save all of that for the six rings preview in a couple of days. Yeah. But I really think that the Green Bay game with the uh, different approach that they're taking to offense this year, highlighting the two backs and the receivers almost as an afterthought in an Aaron Rodgers offense, followed by the Lions, who are going to be no pushover and no easy task for any team, let alone the Patriots. Uh, in week five at home at Gillette, like that's going to be fascinating to me because the Lions actually look like they look swift, precise, uh, and sometimes impressive on offense so far. Yeah, you might lose a kneecap in that game, but like it's like I think right. overall, like overall, like I would give this defense like a solid B, leaning even to B plus. Like Agreed. that's kind of where I think they are, and, and I think and I think that's a good spot to be in right now because I think you can still improve, um, but you could also still get worse. So you need to make sure you don't do that and that you continue to improve. And you have guys like Mac Wilson making that incredibly athletic play, which led to Jalen Mills' first interception as a Patriot on Sunday. Uh, Matthew Judon is tied for i think third in quarterback hits so far so whether it's the way they're scheming it up his early season energy who they played whatever the combination is he's actually getting his job done as well and sunday oh boy you got the matthew judon reunion game as well like if there's a game you would think you'd need him it would be sunday uh against the ravens and 
how in the world they get any sleep this week trying to figure out some sort of corral and contain defense for LaMarvelous. That's why they get paid the big bucks, and we do the podcast talking about them. So did you guys have any other uh, – Shime, I hesitate to even ask you, but any hey, other I'm, I'm being pretty level-headed today. Okay, okay. any other credit. positive you take out of the Steelers' win? Yeah, the, how about the cornerbacks? The cornerbacks, like as we're talking love on the defense, I think the cornerbacks have been – a little bit better than advertised. I, so I disagree. I think they've, I, I don't think that I just, no, no, no. And, and it's, it's because I just don't think they've, they've been challenged yet. Right. Like, I mean, what do you mean they, they faced Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Deontay yeah, and two Johnson played like and dog doo-doo in week one. And then they faced Mitch Trubisky. Like, I think if that's not Mitch Trubisky throwing the football, Deontay Johnson probably carves you up a lot worse than it looked. And I think the same thing with Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill still had nine catches for 84 yards. It's like, did you contain him? Sure, but two also looked like crap, and they knew you couldn't score, so they weren't like they weren't in desperation mode like they were against Baltimore. So they weren't just hurling it. And and so I I think I think the defense right now, at least the cornerbacks, are in a spot where they're not making massive mistakes, but they're just also. I don't think they're going to be talented enough to keep up with some of the talent they're going to face as the season goes on. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Pru. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.